Do you like to learn about random wild stuff? You know, the things you didn't think you needed to know about, then realize you should? Then welcome to Nothing Off Limits, the podcast that gives you one place to go for something different. Impress your next party guest with your unusual body of knowledge. And if you dig the show, get more information at ladyfoxentertainment.com and subscribe, rate, or review. Thanks. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Nothing Off Limits. I'm so excited because today we're going to be talking about a topic that is near and dear to my heart. Back in March of this year, 2017, I started the blood type diet. I was just curious about it. And I said, I'm going to do this for 30 days and see what happens. Well, I've been doing it ever since. I unintentionally lost 10 pounds, but more importantly, I gained energy and I just feel healthier. My digestion is better, less bloating, less indigestion, just awesomeness. So I wanted to share this with all of you out there listening. My guest is Dr. Tara Nayak. Dr. Tara is a Temple University grad who went on to receive her doctorate of naturopathic medicine from the University of Bridgeport College of Naturopathic Medicine in Connecticut. Her residency was completed under the supervision of the great Dr. Peter Diadamo at the Center of Excellence in Generative Medicine, a precision medicine clinic focused on combining traditional naturopathy with cutting-edge bioinformatics tools. It was here that Dr. Nayak became an expert at incorporating genomic and microbiome analysis into personalized nutrition protocols, including botanical medicine. She serves as faculty at the Maryland University of Integrative Health, teaching epigenetics and nutrigenomics, and functional and integrative nutrition and immune health for the school's doctorate program, as well as teaching Generative Medicine I at the University of Bridgeport College of Naturopathic Medicine. Dr. Nayak is currently practicing as a general naturopathic practitioner, serving patients of all ages in Philadelphia, PA. You can go to her website, taranayaknd.com. I'm going to provide that in the show notes. And you can also go to her YouTube channel for some great videos about this topic that will dive deeper than we'll have time for today. Just simply search on Tara Nayak. Welcome, Dr. Tara. Hi. Great to have you on the program. I'm so excited about this topic. Me too. I'm glad to be here. Now, let's dive in. I would love to hear your journey. Like, What drew you to medicine and natural healing? So I'm, I'm a daughter of a doctor and always had conventional care right at my fingertips, um, but grew up knowing I wanted to be a doctor, but really disagreeing with the way that things were often done, you know. Um, Take a pill. <laughs> yeah, the first trigger that's usually pulled is an antibiotic, right? Take the antibiotic, ask questions later. Mm-hmm. And um, I really disagreed with that. And I really always sort of craved someone to listen to me more as I went through health issues as a child. Um, And so I knew what I wanted to do. I just didn't know the name of it. I knew that I wanted to be a different kind of doctor that really understood why people were getting sick rather than, you know, just giving them something for the symptoms. Right. And I knew that I wanted to study herbs and I wanted to work with plants, medicine and nutrition. And I really didn't even know that uh, naturopathy existed. I didn't know that there were doctors out there. There's only six schools in North America that are soon to be seven um, that are teaching this. So, you know, I went on to college. I, I studied science. I even became a science teacher for a bit before finally finding the University of Bridgeport and realizing that I could get a degree in naturopathic medicine and I just went for it. That's really cool. So what happened for you? Like when you first discovered Dr. Diadamo and the blood type diet? It must have been fate because I I love 
genetics. You know, I, I, I was a biology major and I took every possible genetics course that was offered at Temple University. Um, and at the time, genetics, you know, genetics is a pretty new scientific field, and especially the field of epigenetics, which is, you know, not just what you inherit from your parents, but how your genes are turned on and off throughout your lifetime beginning um, in the womb. Mm -hmm. So I studied that intensely at Temple University. I chose to go to the University of Bridgeport simply because it was the only school within driving distance of New Jersey <laughs> and Philadelphia. <laughs> That's still where pretty I was far, living. though. That's still yeah, pretty far. Yeah, three hours. Yeah. Um, but it was the only East Coast school, so I just went to it. And w no questions asked, and I just happened to land at the school where, unbeknownst to me, you know, this world-renowned doctor was, who is employing all of these amazing scientific findings in the field of genomics and epigenetics. And, and truthfully, he's light years ahead of the curve and always has been. So um, the first time I took his class, I sat there in awe and I like chased him down the hallway afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> he was walking he's like to a celebrity car. yeah as he was walking to his car i was like i need to know more about this how do i think like you how do i you know how do i do this and he's like well first of all i don't want you to be like me i want you to be you but, <laughs> you know stick with he's me like, and i'll help crazy you girl <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and Back i've off. been annoying him ever since you know i'm, <laughs> I'm constantly questioning him and you know asking him to teach me more and more and more. That's so, so cool. Well, you were uh, personally referred over because I had reached out to Dr. Diadamo and then was it his wife? Is Martha his wife? Martha is his lovely wife. Yeah, yeah. So she was so gracious to email me back and to handpick you. Literally. She was like, Dr. Diadamo is traveling and, and cannot chat with you. But this is the next best person. So oh, you really what an are. Honor. Yeah, yeah, what an honor. And they're a real powerhouse couple, let me tell you. Um, <laughs> he's practicing and, and, and they're both running um, North American Pharmacal, which is the Diadamo personalized nutrition supplement company. So they also produce their own supplements, not just the, the books and the diet. And, in, and they're, you know, in uh, Dr. D is in practice. So. Mm -hmm. so let's dive into this. What is the blood type diet and some of the history around that? So the blood type diet stems from patterns that have been observed amongst people uh, between the different blood types. So just to give a little bit of background about what your blood type is, we know about it because we know if we need to get a blood transfusion, we need to get the right type, right? Mm -hmm. um, but what isn't widely publicized or talked about is the fact that these little sugars that are attached to your red blood cells that determine your type are actually not just on your red blood cells. They actually also line your intestinal tract. Mm. So these sugars can actually interact with the foods that you eat to really influence your immune system as well as your digestion and your overall health. And the blood type diets are based upon eating foods that have specific lectins um, or proteins in them that interact appropriately with the um, sugars on the surface of your, of your cells. But wow. furthermore... What Dr. Diadamo has done with his expansive work is identify patterns within the blood types um, in terms of disease risk. So, for example, 
blood type A people have a higher tendency towards cardiovascular risk and cancers. And this is easily searchable and found in scientific literature going back over 20 years. So each diet for each blood type was developed to sort of circumvent some of these well-known patterns and to prevent disease. That's really fascinating. And I'm also horrified because I'm type A. <laughs> so am I. <laughs> so, so I have people, I mean, I tell them about how I, I discovered this and I didn't really understand how it all worked. And people are like, well, how do they know which foods? How do they know which foods? So you kind of just answered that right now about the lectins. It's more than just lectins. I, 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 I realized that I should mention that because the wealth of information that we have is not just based upon how the lectins interact with your blood type, but also um, the patterns that each blood type exhibits and the genetics behind it. So when you inherit your blood type from your parents, you actually also inherit genes for other things. For example, stomach acid or levels of certain enzymes that will digest meat those genes and the inheritance of them are actually linked to the inheritance of your blood type. So for example, people like us with type A blood, we also have inherited the genes that tend uh, to have less of the ability to digest meat, for example. How is it that my mom is type O? So A is actually a dominant trait, meaning if your mom is type O, she obviously gave you a copy of a type O blood type gene but your dad obviously gave you the copy of an A blood type gene. So mm -hmm. the A sort of dominated the O in that sense. So <laughs> dad has to be either type A or he has to be an AB. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I have no idea what his blood type was, but um, that's fascinating. And, and it kind of makes sense too, like in real life, he was also, you know, very dominating <laughs> over my mom. <laughs> So let's get into some of these blood types, because I'm sure people out there listening are like, well, wait a minute, I'm B, you know, so can we talk about me? <laughs> yeah, so um, I'll talk a little bit about A first, because that's what we are. And it's one of the more common blood types. Um, type A's, like I said, tend more towards um, cardiovascular disease, weight gain, cancers. These are some of the plaguing diseases of a type A that are easily prevented with, you know, appropriate diet, lifestyle, etc. But A's tend to do, have a harder time with chronic stress. So A's are the type of people that internalize stress and have a hard time sort of um, digesting and metabolizing emotions. Uh. They, they hold on to them versus your type O people who Type O's um, in their diet, uh, in their blood type diet, they tend to be more um, geared towards having more meats than type A. Mm -hmm. And they're more anxious type people who might turn their stress outward towards the world. Like they might explode and oh. not be able to handle that stress versus type A that will internalize it. Type O will, you know, explode and then recover. <laughs> well, that explains all of the uh, the slamming of cabinets that my mother used to do. Yes. Um, and type O, so the, the main thing that I'll say about type O's is that I've never met a type O that didn't need to exercise. Exercise is their main, you know, bread and butter in terms of 
being healthy and, and managing stress. So your type O's are the people that get addicted to running mm. because they need to exercise and expend their energy in order to remain, you know, calm. Wow. Now, it was my understanding that O's were like the most balanced of everybody. And so now I'm, I'm hearing something different. So and that totally matches more with O's who I know personally, you know, with the, with what you just described. And they do, they have the ability to eat meat, animal meats, and A's are not supposed to have meat at all, correct? Correct. So an A actually will have more of the capabilities enzymatically to digest carbohydrates. So, you know, in, in our world, we have these fad diets going on, you know, low carb, high fat, etc. Mm-hmm. A type A would do better with carbohydrates yeah. and and low fat versus yes. a type O who does better with pretty low grain, uh, more of like a almost like a paleo. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Or ketogenic diet too. I know I can't do a high fat diet and ketogenic diets are just so high in fat. I'm just like, this would never work for me. I need the carbs. Yeah. And, and the thing is, you know, you can have some influence over the enzymes that you produce based upon what you eat, but working with your blood type is a lot easier than working against it. So have I seen people succeed on a ketogenic diet? Yes, but they always tend to revert back to mm. their, their blood type. Right. Okay, so that was A and O, and those are the two most common types, right? Correct. And okay. then you have B and AB. And so I usually tend to think of Bs as more A-like in terms of the way they deal with stress. Mm-hmm. Bees, they have, they're kind of the anomaly. They have very individual responses and they usually tend towards the extremes. So Mm. bees will either be, you know, extremely stressed or extremely calm. And in terms of the way that they metabolize their stress hormones, they'll, they'll vary the most. They often have issues with an, an out of balance B blood type person will often have issues with autoimmune type processes. Okay. Which is also, um, you know. So like hyperthyroid or hypothyroid. Exactly. And things of that sort. Okay. Um, And then AB, who has a very nice diet. If I could choose any of the diets, I'd probably choose AB. Mm -hmm. Um, But they have, they're more O-like. And they're very, the thing that always reverberates about ABs is that they're very good with routine it sounds like something so silly, but it's actually like an old naturopathic cure is to just create routines, eating at the same time every day, going to bed at the same time every day, sleeping in the dark, things like that are really influential upon the AB blood types. Hmm. Okay. It sounds like everyone's a mess though. (laughs) (laughs) Probably more so in America with like, you know, our sad standard American diet. Right. French fries and and burgers and such. Um, But this isn't just about food. And that's what's fascinating to me and what I discovered as I started to get into it. I mean, you're talking about personality traits and, and stress responses and types of exercise and things like that. So this goes way beyond just choosing the right foods. This is like an overall lifestyle and how you're approaching your routine and and how you work out and stuff like that. 
Oh, absolutely. You know, just as a side note, it's pretty funny. In some Asian countries, when they do matchmaking, they mm. actually include blood type. <laughs> yeah, I had heard that. So <laughs> on your dating profiles, everyone, maybe we should start doing that in the U.S. <laughs> if you're so, a type A, you definitely want to find a type O husband. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so he can balance you out. Yeah, definitely. But it's true that, um, you know, and, and I just has a, this comes to mind. I have a friend who is really into working out and staying in shape and he, he's a model. And so he's been very concerned that he couldn't lose like the last five pounds that he wanted to lose or really tone up. And he's a type A. And so I said, well, what are you doing? And he described lots of intense cardio weightlifting, which is really more of what a type O or a type, you know, AB type person might want to do. Mm -hmm. so more intense cardio, like sweating, you're exhausted at the end of it. Yeah. But he's a type A. So I said, do me a favor, just try, like take one day of this intense workout, throw it away and add in something really mental um, or based in that, you know, mental exercise, like yoga, Pilates, Tai Chi, Qigong, mm. these restorative. Yes, very mind body type exercises. And it worked, it took away that last little bit of, of weight for him. And it's because it's so important for type A's to do those mental exercises as well. Mm hmm. Yeah. I mean, I can definitely relate to that when I when I started doing yoga again, because I, I sound like that guy, like I was just working out really hard. And, um, and I do like going running and their type O type activities that I'm really into. But then when I start doing the yoga again, and I have done some Tai Chi, but it really does make me feel like more energized. I'm not totally exhausted. I actually feel good. Well, <laughs> it's amazing. Fact, I always say to type A patients, more often than not, they didn't know how stressed out they were until they weren't stressed anymore. Yes. So, so true. Like they didn't, they, you know, type A's exist at this chronic level of stress. Whereas when they finally like throw some yoga in there or do some meditation, mm -hmm. like, wow, I just never knew how great I could feel. Yeah. Or I never knew how bad I was feeling. Yeah, no, totally. So what about like CrossFit and stuff like that? Like these, these exercise trends that are happening? What blood types are? Would that be for O's? <laughs> um, so there is huge debate about the controversial science behind CrossFit that I don't want to throw any dog in that fight. But if anybody <laughs> was going to um, benefit from a type O, I mean, from a CrossFit type thing, it would be more so a type O, somebody that was more prone to being able to sustain long, strenuous exercise. Yeah, yeah. I'm it, not a fan it, it of all that. Relates, it all relates back to the way that your body responds to that type of exercise and, and the hormones that are created. You know, that type of exercise really creates a lot of stress hormones mm. and your ability to clear those hormones out of your body really affects how your body responds. Right. Wow. Let's talk about some of the foods. Because when I started mine, when I started following the beneficial list of foods, people were like, well, how come you can have that fish, but not that other fish? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> it's just on the list. So let's talk about some of that for each blood type, just kind of like a, a couple examples of some foods that you are very beneficial versus ones that are not. 
Okay, so um, let's start with type O. I would say um, they do pretty well with red meat, but of course, the other thing to mention is that at any time that we're talking about a food, you wanna be sourcing clean foods. So if I'm saying type O's do well with red meat, I don't mean uh, a burger from McDonald's, I mean grass-fed um, organic meats. Mm -hmm. So they do really well with your oily, more cold water type fish, and seaweed is fabulous for uh, type O's. Mm. It, they don't do so well with wheat. So these are the people that would be better off going gluten-free if possible okay. or, or very low grain. Um, and a lot of the beans really bother type O specifically in this case because of the lectins. Mm -hmm. That explains some things when my mom used to make chili when we were kids. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so onward. The way, so for type A's, um, type A is typically good with soy, and it's one of the only blood types that is good with soy. And of course, you do want to do organic soy because of the contamination and the um, genetic modification of a lot of our soy crops. But soy is excellent food for type A, whether it's um, tofu or soy milk, or even just soybeans. Hmm. So even if you're a guy, if you're a guy, because I know that there's been some things that I've seen uh, articles-wise that men shouldn't have too much soy because of the hormonal effect. So soy does have some estrogenic effect, but what I always say is anything in, you know, anything in excess can be bad for you. So mm -hmm. should a man be eating soy breakfast, lunch, and dinner? No. But is it a beneficial incorporation into his diet? Yes, within reason. So um, men shouldn't avoid soy at all costs. Uh, if they're type A, they should include it as a, you know, weekly, a couple of times a week uh, food in their diet. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I, I really don't have much soy. I mean, once in a while, I'll have edamame, you know, when I go and I have sushi and things of that sort. Okay, so bees and ABs. So bees, um, they are the only type that does really well with dairy, really. Okay. And um, they, they, they have a pretty varied diet as well as ABs. So bees, you can have some lamb, which is really good. And you can have some cultured dairy products like yogurts. But the big, big thing for bees is that they have to avoid chicken. And I've had a couple of type B patients who really that was all that we did was just start by eliminating chicken, which is a huge staple in so many people's diet. Right. And they've felt so much better by eliminating wow. chicken. Wow. That's interesting. So they just, their bodies can't deal with fowl. Well, turkey is okay for them, but chicken specifically, they huh. don't do so well with. Um, That's bizarre. And corn, peanuts, lentils, these would be like my main avoids for a type B. They also do pretty well with tofu. Not all soy products, but tofu for an AB is pretty good. And they do okay with um, cultured dairy products as well, meaning yogurt, kefir. That's AB. That's AB, right. Okay. And AB, you know, because they have that B, and, they have both A and B um, antigens or, or blood type um, sugars on their blood cells and intestinal tract. Mm -hmm. They also don't do too well with corn or chicken and okay. some of the other beans that we have type A's avoid, like lima beans. Right. 
I want to talk about booze. <laughs> um, so I was pleased <laughs> to see that wine was on my okay list. Actually, red wine is beneficial for A's. White wine is neutral, so I can still drink it. But I'm not allowed to have any liquors or beer. Why? It's more related to the actual plant that's making these alcohols. So the you know distilled liquor is usually grains that are avoids for type A, the grains that they're made with. Mm-hmm. Um, and beer, I mean, how do you feel when you drink a beer? Bloated. You know, it's like, it's not pleasant. Yeah, so just the typical makeup of a type A person, including their microbiome or the bacteria inside of their gut, just doesn't react well with beer and hops in general mm-hmm. and carbonated beverages in general right. don't do well with a type A stomach and that has to do a lot with the amount of stomach acid that is normally in a type a individual which tends to be a lot lower than the other blood types right okay so that explains a lot i do acupuncture as well and an acupuncturist recommended knowing my blood type who he was up to up to speed on that recommended that i take enzymes prior to having a meal and that yeah, would help. For sure. Yeah, that definitely does help. I mean, you can do enzymes or you can eat foods that have enzymes in them, like pineapple, which is great for a type A. And it's mm-hmm. a great dessert to follow up your meal with some, some support and digestion. I think what I always tell people, though, is that I don't want it to become a crutch. Because if you take enzymes, um, you can shut down your body's own signal to make its own enzymes. Ooh. So there are people who are on enzymes every meal, every day for years. And then I start to get worried that their body isn't going to do the work on its own. Um, But enzymes are certainly a great support to sort of get through the hump. And then eating your beneficial foods for type A will really lessen the need for enzymes because you're going to be eating foods that your body is already equipped Mm -hmm. to I think the thing that was most eye-opening for me when I started this, and I just did it as an experiment. I was like, oh, this seems kind of cool. But there's so much science behind it. And what was really surprising for me was when I looked at the lists of uh, foods to avoid, I was eating pretty much all of them. (laughs) I was like, no wonder why I don't feel awesome. You know, and I... I, I, like I can't have potatoes. I'm like, what? Like I love potatoes, um, and so I still have them once in a while. How do you how do you deal with your patients who come to you? When you and I spoke offline, we, you used the example of a type O person who is should be having meats, but they want to be vegan. Like, how do you deal with people who have those types of um, choices? You know, when it's between what's good for them, but what they really would prefer to eat. Well, first I'll say it's a lot easier when you have people who want to eat something that they can't eat because for for those people, I usually say, okay, let's do the 80-20 rule. 80% of the time you're following your blood type beneficials and that 20% of the time you want to go out and enjoy life, right? You want to live. You don't want this to become a cage. Right. So, you know, have that beer with your friends or whatever it may be. And then there's also products that you can take. So for example, there's a product called Deflect that actually binds to some of the lectins that are in your food that would negatively affect you and helps you to wash them out so that those lectins don't attach to your intestinal tract themselves. Wow. Deflect. Yeah. So it's a product that we could probably link to, um, you know, in, in our content for this podcast. Yeah. But that could be a crutch though, too. 
And that's yeah. exactly what I was going to say. You know, there are blood type specific deflect products like deflect O, deflect A, et cetera. But wow. I'm, I'm not usually really excited to prescribe them to someone because I don't want it to become like a get out of jail free card. <laughs> like, hey, Dr. Tara, I just want to like, you know, go on a, <laughs> a beer binge this weekend. Can you give me some <laughs> <Right>. deflect A? <laughs> right. I tend to prescribe it more to people in the beginning of them starting the diet to sort of just wash the, any lectins out as they are discontinuing the, the, the ingestion of them. You know, while mm -hmm. they stop eating them, let's wash it away. Now, people that disagree with their diet based on religious or cultural reasoning, mm -hmm. I don't usually spend a lot of time trying to convince them to change their feelings. But what I will tell them is that, you know, in order to, if we're just looking at this purely from a scientific standpoint, to optimize your body, for example, if you're a type O, you need protein and the best proteins for you are going to come from animal sources. Now, that being said, do I have type O's that are vegan and have I seen them thrive? Yes, but it takes a lot of thought and a lot of support, as does anyone that's becoming vegan. You really have to pay attention to your protein sources and, and their, their vitamin and mineral content to make sure that you're not getting sick. But if you're a type O and vegan, it's like double whammy. We really need to get in there and, and fine tune what you're doing to make sure that you're getting everything you need. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what's in also interesting to me is that this isn't just, you know, a generalized list. Like you can personalize this and really take a look at each person because each person might be a little bit different. So tell us more about the personalization and how that works. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, Dr. Diodamo developed the blood type diet over, I, I don't know the exact date, but it's somewhere in the early 90s, late 80s. Yeah. So this was actually the beginning of his work. And we're now, you know, 20 years later, and he's really expanded upon all of this. And one of the next steps after the blood type diet was the genotype diet. And so after the blood type diet, he started to incorporate measurements in the body that actually reflect not just what you, not just the code of genes that you inherited from your parents, but actually what your body has expressed. So you might inherit some genes from your parents, but it's really multifactorial as to whether or not these genes are going to be expressed. And there are very real body measurements that have been associated with disease patterns. So for example, your fingerprints. Your fingerprints are linked to cancer risk, neurodegenerative what? risk. Yeah, amazing, right? So he's wow. so the, there's lots of examples here. Um, you know, certain number of whorls on your finger can predispose you to cancer. Whoa! And actually, the symmetry in your body—how you know—if your fingerprint patterns match perfectly versus if they are different from hand to hand actually reflects the amount of stress you were under as a fetus inside of your mother's Oh my God. That's fascinating. Yeah. So Dr. D has written a program that actually takes into account multiple measurements of the body, including fingerprints, um, leg length measurements, measurements of the width and length of your head, etc. And anytime that these have been associated with disease patterns, it accounts for these measurements and puts them into a calculation that generally uh, gener um, generates com 
a highly personalized diet based on the foundation of the blood type diet. So it's not like he said, throw all that out and start over. It's actually in the, your blood type is incorporated into the many calculations that go into generating your personalized individual diet. And it's very rare for two diets generated from this program to even be the same. Wow. That's so, so cool. How early can you get started on this? Like, I just discovered this now. I'm obviously an adult. But like, can you do this with children? Or is it important for them to just be eating what most parents would be putting them on as far as a diet's concerned? I have a five-year-old. So he eats according to his blood type. But you can't really do the genotype or measurements, the ones we just talked about, mm-hmm. uh, until the child's a little bit older and growth patterns have been established and sort of the child has stopped growing. Okay. However, following blood type is definitely reasonable. And I'll tell you what, if you have children and you start paying attention to what their blood type is and what their preferences are, more often than not, intuitively, kids want to eat the foods that are in accordance with their blood type. Mm-hmm. So my son is a blood type A like myself, and he really tends away from meats, and he loves his fish and veggies. You know, he's five, and he loves fish. (laughs) He sounds cute. Um, So how do you do it then if you have a bunch of kids and they're all different blood types? (laughs) What are you going to cook for dinner? Yeah, so, you know, Dr. D has a lot of recipe books, and there are if you get the SWAMI, which is the Personalized Nutrition software, it will actually cross-reference your family's beneficial foods and avoid foods to give you lists of foods that are good for everybody. Wow. That's um, awesome. But more often than not, what I see people do, and, and there are tons of Facebook groups and, and, and sort of support on the internet of people that are doing this, but what I see people do is they'll make, let's say, a stir fry, and you know, in half of it, they'll put tofu for their type A family members. And the other half, they'll put, you know, some lamb for their type B. What a great idea. I love this. And I'm so into it. Like I didn't even, I wasn't trying to lose weight when I tried it. I just wanted to see if it would affect my energy levels. And it most certainly did. And I lost weight. So it's cool. it's unbelievable how how much this works, you know. And most people don't even know what their blood type is. You know, so I got really excited about it and I was telling all these people around me and I'm just constantly talking. People are sick of hearing about this already. Um, But I'm like, well, what is your blood type? And they're like, I don't even know. So it's amazing how many people could be benefiting from this, but don't even know or haven't even thought about it. Absolutely. And, you know, it's also just sad that people aren't on this wave because there's so many things that I think you can prevent just by following this diet as early as possible. I mean, I trained with Dr. Diadamo for years in his clinic, and I said to him all the time, we need to make a hall of fame for your like 80, 90-year-old patients because these Mm. people walking in at 85 saying, oh, I met Peter back when he just started, and I've been following his diet, you know, for years, they look amazing. 
I love this idea too that it's it's connected into genes and the whole epigenetics wave that's going on right now. A lot of people are talking about how you can actually change your DNA. What are your viewpoints on being able to actually shift your DNA rather than just prevent? Absolutely. I mean, so in addition to the genotype diet, the next step in personalization at the Center of Excellence in Generative Medicine has been a program called Opus 23, which actually looks at your entire genome or all of the genes that you've inherited from your parents. And um, you can get this genome information from uh, programs or, or companies like 23andMe or Ancestry.com. And mm-hmm. what Dr. D has done is taken these tests and interpreted them through his own software, which incorporates all of the current um, scientific literature available, showing us what genes are associated with what disease and also what natural agents such as um, herbs, foods, even exercises that have been studied and shown to turn genes on and off. This very new science, and there are a lot of people out there who say, we don't know enough yet, and, and, you know, the hard evidence isn't there. This is just a bunch of small evidence. We need to really do more studies. And to that, I would say, I agree. We do need to continue to study this. However, in the meantime, we've got to do something. We've got to try. And if we know that there were studies stating that pineapple is going to turn on this gene, well, I'm going to give you pineapple and give it a shot, right? Because you're going to eat food anyway. So why not use food as medicine and use it therapeutically and choose foods that have a chance at affecting you in the positive way. Wow. Now I'm fascinated beyond belief. I really want to go and and find out what genes I might be carrying for potential diseases later on in life. You know, a lot of times this stuff doesn't crop up until you're older, right? And so to know that I could turn that off, you know, switch off that gene is fantastic. Well, and a lot of it you might have already done because I often will do an Opus 23 consult with a patient. You know, they'll give me their genes and I'll analyze, we'll come in for a visit to go over their report. And this person standing in front of me is, you know, skin and bones, but they have a whole bunch of algorithms in there and different genes combining to tell me that they should be obese. And Mm. so what does that tell me? Does it mean the genes were wrong? Probably not. It means that this person has, whether they've chosen the right foods, kept their stress levels down, you know, not been exposed to toxins in their environment, chosen the right, you know, partner and career that keeps (laughs) them happy. Yeah. Or maybe they're just anorexic. I mean, (laughs) maybe they don't have, you know, maybe they're just, you know, not eating. Who knows? (laughs) Right. But they've definitely overcome those those predispositions that their genes have. Mm. And and most people do see food as beneficial, but they don't really understand how far this can really go in terms of improving your health. So I love what you're doing. And I love that you have passion for it. And you're even you're practicing it too. Yeah, definitely. What's the best way for people to get started on this? You know, I love when I have a patient that comes to me that's already aware of their blood type and the blood type diet. I think that's where you start. Unless you're chronically ill, you know, if you have, let's say, autoimmune disease, et cetera, you probably want to work with a naturopath. But if you're just 
a healthy person trying to get started on, on maintaining or preventing maintaining health or preventing disease, I would start with the blood type diet. I would start with, and I always tell people before you start worrying about what you can't eat anymore, start paying attention to what you can and making those foods taste good. So you can, if you're a type A, you can eat soy, it's good for you. So figure it, figure out how it's going to be craveable and delicious and you know satisfactory to you to eat tofu before you start worrying about the fact that you can't have milk anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I just, I switched over to almond milk and I'm happy. I'm fine. Yeah, definitely. You, and that's the thing. You, you've got to figure out what works for you. And this isn't a fad diet. This isn't something that you follow for, you know, six months and then you lose 20 pounds and then you go back to doing whatever. This mm-hmm. is really just the trend in your eating that you should be following throughout your life. Are you going to, you know, you're a type A, are you going to maybe have a burger one day? Probably, but you're going to really notice the difference in how you feel when you do, if you've been avoiding it and following your blood type diet along the way. And I love your approach to the 80-20 rule too, because I remember I was freaking out. I was like, I can't have a French fry. It did feel kind of restrictive in a way, but you know, saying that you can still do that once in a while, it's, but you will feel a difference just so you know, but it doesn't mean you can never do it. It's, you know, (laughs) you're not going to die. Being aware aware of what's good and bad for you, because if you've ever been on a, on a, fad diet before. It's really, you know, let's say you went on a ketogenic diet, you start to convince yourself that carbs are the enemy. So every time you eat a carb in your mind, you think I'm doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. So at the very least, if you read up on your blood type diet, and you know what's beneficial and what's not so good for your blood type, at least you know when you're making a good choice, and you know when you're probably not making a good choice. And you're starting to notice how your body feels. Like you said, you're bloated when you drink a beer. Your body was already telling you what to do. Mm -hmm. It's very interesting. And some of the beans too, there's like beans I can have and beans that I can't have. And and I've noticed like, I never really did like kidney beans, you know? (laughs) It's like your body does now. Yeah, definitely. It really does. And you have three opportunities a day to, to nourish and and treat your body with food. So, mm-hmm. and and you know, my only issue is now that I know that red wine is beneficial, I, I've been going a little overboard with that. <laughs> There's that excess piece again. Anything in excess is bad for you. Yeah. Um, any final thoughts for people out there listening? I mean, where can they get the books? Yeah. So Dr. Diadamo has a bunch of websites. He has diadamo.com, and there's a for your type website. I would encourage people to choose, um, to join the Facebook group, Eat Right for Your Type, or um, follow Diadamo Personalized Nutrition. I'm actually on those um, Facebook groups, moderating and responding to people there. And I would also say, find yourself a naturopath, find yourself a naturopathic doctor, because I really want to take an opportunity to highlight who we are and what we do and bring awareness. I mean, in the city of Philadelphia, there's so few of us and, you know, I want people to find me there and, you know, find Dr. Diadamo up in Connecticut and work with a naturopath who knows about the blood type diet and who can guide you along the way and and personalize this because most importantly, you want to find something that actually makes sense with your lifestyle. There are people who don't cook food ever. Right. So they need someone to sit down with them and streamline what's important and 
which way to turn, especially if you are ill. You know, not all right. of us are healthy. If you're ill, the blood type diet is going to be your jumpstart. And, you know, 80% of people say they feel better just by doing blood type diet. But there's a whole host of other people who are sick and who are not getting better and who really need the help of a naturopathic doctor who's going to figure out why you're sick and, and make you feel better. Mm-hmm. Can people work with you via Skype or is it best to find a naturopath who's like, who can see you in person? Um, I, I love working with people via telemedicine. I, we can do video chat. We can do phone chat. Um, and I Telemedicine. Think, I love that. I never heard that term before. Yeah. Telemedicine is awesome. And because there's not many naturopaths around, most of us are doing it. So, you know, reach out because I think you'll see the difference when you work with a naturopathic doctor is, is that you're getting somebody who's really going to spend the time listening to all of the things that led you up to this point so we can mm-hmm. figure out how to get you back to center. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I know so many people. I come from Pennsylvania. People in PA are still kind of old fashioned when it comes to their food choices and such. You know, <laughs> I can think of a couple of gross Philadelphia foods. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Although I do miss those those pretzels on the street, the street vendor pretzels. <laughs> oh, well, hopefully you don't miss Scrapple, which is one of the most disgusting <laughs> inventions of humankind. <laughs> I don't believe I've ever had it. I remember seeing it and it's, yeah, not appealing. (laughs) Yeah. So seriously though, people can easily um, work with me via telemedicine. Dr. Diadamo's clinic also uh, works via telemedicine and you could be anywhere in the world and sitting at your computer with no pants on and talking to the doctor. (laughs) I love that visual because it's, it's true for me right now. I have shorts on. I have shorts on. Um, It's been such a pleasure to get to know you, and I would love to take advantage of the work that you do and work with you and and take my my blood type diet to the next level. And so I hope all of you out there listening will also take advantage of Dr. Tara's work and her availability for you. Get on those Facebook groups. Get the book for your type. I encourage you to try it out. It's really been beneficial for me. Um, So that's why I'm sharing this. And Dr. Tara, you're awesome. Thank you for taking time. Thank you so much. It's been my pleasure. Everybody out there listening, taranayaknd.com. I'll provide some other links in the show notes so you can get your book and get started. Have a great topic you'd like to hear discussed on an upcoming episode of Nothing Off Limits? Email us at ideas at ladyfoxentertainment.com. In the meantime, please subscribe, rate the show, and go to ladyfoxentertainment.com to sign up for our email list and to check out our resources page. Thanks so much for listening. Talk to you next time.